Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Kia EV6 GT Line 77.4 kilowatt hour rear wheel drive special edition. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Oh, I do like writing the title sometimes. <laughs> well, this is the information we are supplied by the press offices for the manufacturers. So who are we to not name things properly? We're us, because it's easy to actually say. <laughs> Uh, these are the joys magazines have that podcasts don't go on then i've got to ask what's a kia ev6 gt line 77.4 kilowatt hour rear wheel drive this is the bespoke ev from kia which shares the platform with the hyundai ionic 5 which we tested earlier in the year Um, but this has been definitely executed in kia's own way this is not a rebadge effort here where it looks the same or anything like this if you sat them next to each other you wouldn't think they were from the same group apart from the size of the vehicle other than that they don't Mm. look like each other really at all yeah there are shared parts there is shared tech but each has executed their vision for eviness in their own way right and which way is this well this is very much in the you are part of the whole driving the car ethos. Whereas Hyundai, I harped on and on, and I still do, about how calm and serene the inside Mm -hmm. or driving the Ionic 5 was. This is very much you are driving the car, you are part of this process. It is an involving experience. Because the Ionic 5 is a little bit more like a, a sitting room which happens to have a steering wheel and some pedals. Yes. Or a a business class pod on an aeroplane, actually, (laughs) which is what I think, because the one that I drove had the reclining seats with the footrests. Yeah. Yeah, in an aeroplane. This, this you're saying, is not that. This is more you sit in. It is definitely something you are driving. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Right, they come with three trim levels, and they start with the Air, they go to the GT Line, and then the GT Line S. There is also now the GTS, mm-hmm. but when I was testing it, the, we, there was only the three trim levels. Right. Prices start now, if you look on Kia's website, at 45245 and rise all the way up to 57145 on the road across the range from Air to GTS, a GT Line S. Okay. And that last price is an all-wheel drive model, and it has the optional extra uh, heat pump which okay. would be very useful today <laughs> yes. as we record this. Right, so the one I drove was a GT Line, and the on-the-road price at the time of recording is £48,245. Now, this gives you a combined WLTP range of 328 miles with a combined efficiency of 3.76 miles per kilowatt per hour. Right. That's not bad. Which I did actually achieve. Well, I got 3.6 regularly. I got up to 3.8 once, Mm -hmm. but that's the closest I've ever got with any vehicle and the claimed range. (laughs) Yeah. And you were always driving it from cold. You weren't preheating on the driveway outside the house or anything like that, as usual. Well, I had it when the weather was optimal. It okay. was it was nice summer time. It was good weather. It was clear. There was no rain. 
that sort of thing. So it was the perfect conditions to use it in as well, to be fair. Whereas earlier in the year, I had EVs when it was cold and grim and mm-hmm. <laughs> everything, and they, they struggled more in that those conditions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that was just driving it. Yeah, that was me doing my normal stuff. I, I don't mean you're sort of sitting there turning off all the the aircon and the fans nope. and everything or nope. and that was just normal driving very much using it as an car okay and how would i use an car so it would be the aircon was set the i'd put the lights on when i needed all that sort of stuff i wasn't trying to hyper mile i wasn't or anything like that mm. i was doing my normal weekly stuff and i also did a, a run out to north wales and back in the day as well but i'll talk about that later yeah, sorry. I'm sorry to, to inter- feel like I'm interrogating on that one, but it's something that people get awfully twitchy about. So no, no, we need to it's, set it's we need to set the scene. Clarifying. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> there are some color options. It's not vast, but they do actually have colors. So you start with runway red, which is a no extra cost option. Is but, that just red? Uh, it's a nice red, though. It's, oh, is it? Okay, yeah. so it's not a post box. No, no, no. Okay, cool. Sorry, it's a nice red. Uh, you can also choose white pearl, midnight black, or yacht blue, and they're all at six hundred and seventy-five pounds extra. The one I had was in yacht blue, and it looks really good. <laughs> but as I was just saying, there, the runway red is very nice too. So I would not be upset if I got one of those without having to pay extra for the paint. Okay. So press car, one or two extras, not huge amounts this time. Got 19-inch alloy wheel kit, which was £263. Mm-hmm. EV charging cable, yes, really, £340. So what, what, wait, wait, which which type of EV charging cable? Do we know, was that the one for the granny cable for plugging into the no. to a three pin? Was that That's just the type from two? from car into a charging... Um, oh, okay. So if you... But I can... Mm, I... Mm-hmm. I do not like the idea of paying for a charging cable. It depends on yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I can see I can see arguments both directions. Mm. In the I think that in the future, charging cables like that will become more like spare wheels. Yeah. And spare tires because if you're rapid, if you're out and about and you're rapid charging on longer journeys, then there's always a tethered cable. Yeah, and many home charge points have a tethered cable as well. So yeah. I can see that in many cases, uh, a lot of people might never really need one. I didn't need one. The places I went to on our uh, mm. my local charging infrastructure, they all had tethered cables. Yeah, I never had to use it. But equally, I don't like the idea that someone's charging me if I do need to use it. Yeah, as I say, I think it fits into the spare wheel, spare tire, and the trouble is it's a very pain in the bottom to store and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. And then there's the front parking sensors, which are £373, all adding up to £976 on top of the paint. The price was £49,896. Okay. I then went and worked out how much that would be PCP-wise, because as we know, most people buy them on the never-never. Mm-hmm. And I put in a deposit of 4000 I limited myself to 10,000 miles per year, and that would be £869.57 precisely per month. But that's a 50 grand car. I'm trying to work out if I find that bad or not. In this day and age, 
It's yeah, it's a fifty grand car, and that's over two years, yeah. Uh, th- no, or three years, four, three years, three years, three years. Well, the the problem is, it's a fifty grand car. Yes, I can't remember the percentage off the top of my head, and I've shut the page now. But the percentage wasn't outrageous on the APR. I think it was mm-hmm. something like three or four percent. That's pretty good. So that's not horrific. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, as we've discussed before, electrical vehicles generally are more expensive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we can get into the whys and what falls because I th- we're possibly, or people's perception is going, oh, a Kia, that much. And as we've said before on the show, mm-hmm. I think EVs clean the slate and start that conversation again. Well, yes, I, I'm in complete agreement. I don't, I don't, in this day and age, I don't have an issue with this being a 50 grand car. No. I know that there are others who will listen out for them. It's not pretending to be the economical choice for a city car. It's not pretending yeah. to be that. Exactly. It's a larger family car. It's, yeah. it's many things. Anyway, why don't you tell us what it is rather than me telling you what it is? <laughs> It's a very distinctive looking vehicle. It's not an SUV, but neither is it low like a car. It's mm. sort of in between. It's, that. it's the it's a car, but we've had to make it a little bit taller to fit the battery underneath. Yeah. It's bigger in real life than you anticipate. Mm-hmm. Similar to the Ionic 5, which it shares its platform with. But it's not outrageous. You sort of just go, oh, actually, that is, that's bigger. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And you adjust accordingly. The looks are from... Kia's Opposites United design language that they are pursuing at the moment, and I'm going to quote quite a bit from marketing material here. Okay. The front is supposed to be a digital tiger face, and the rear, which is like the Sportage that we talked about on the drive day of Kia, Mm -hmm. has a nice integrated little spoiler-type thingy running the width of the car, just below the rear window. Mm -hmm. Gives it quite a unique look but i think it's a distinctly kia look at the moment like a citroen ax <laughs> car manufacturers spent so long making the face of their cars distinctive and you always know that that's an audi or that's a bmw whatever but they've never really done so much around the back mercedes in the 90s 80s sort of did it mm. but currently i wouldn't say there's a unified back end of a car design language on any of the manufacturers, really? Uh, no, not not unified. I mean, there are definitely distinct things yeah. on individual models, but maybe not quite as unified as you're saying here. Yeah. That's what struck me when I when I saw the, the back of this, and I, I quite like mm-hmm. the look of it as well. It doesn't look like anything else on the road, really, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in a bad way. I applaud that, actually. I think it's really quite a smart-looking car. There's quite an alarming amount of applause going on here. Well, it's worrying me. That's okay. I'll it's get not, on to other things not, soon. It's not like you. <laughs> must be Monday. <laughs> it must be. Okay. So that's the outside is like a car, but a bit higher. Quite distinctive front and rear. Five-door mm-hmm. hatchback type setup. Yes. What about the, speaking of hatchbacks, what about the inside? Oh, we start around the boot like we always do. It's tradition. And it's got a... F- fastback shape which anyone who's listened to us will know i like very very much and that means in my opinion the boot is much more practical 
than it would appear from the outside. It's got a decent 590 litres with the seats up, and there's 1,300 litres with the seats down. I'm not sure where they measured to. I don't know whether that was to the window or whether they used the Jaguar Land Rover to wherever we want measuring scale. Mm. So, <laughs> I would imagine it's seats down. But it's large. It's a big yeah. space for you to be able to put a lot of stuff. Plus, the boot itself is a nice, large, flat floor. Mm-hmm. There's a narrow undercroft, and then you get the batteries and stuff below that. And then over the top is a retractable sliding cover. Um, the boot lid, because of the nature of this car and that hole was slightly larger than you possibly thought, is a little bit higher mm-hmm. than you'd possibly prefer. But it's all tied in with the proportions of the car. Right. Okay, dog. And the rear seats fold flat and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's a simple one-touch operation and all that malarkey cool. that these manufacturers now all do, thankfully. But talking of the rear seats, rear passengers get a ton of space. But it's really aimed at being the two outer seats because the middle one is flat, but it's not very big. So it was fine with my family because the kids are not adult sized yet so that's all right for them to sit across the back and they're all quite skinny (laughs) and you would be able to have three (laughs) yeah you would be able to have three adults there it's no problem but you just will be a little bit cozy if someone's in the middle as well Mm -hmm. do those rear seats recline as well by the way uh i don't know now you've said it oh sorry i just noticed the lever uh, in the pictures that's all um i can't remember off the top of my head sorry probably do Uh, looks it doesn't it they look the type that would sorry that's a good question I wish I'd thought of it (laughs) (laughs) when you think of the rear seats you're thinking more of a GT Cruiser Mm -hmm. where there's four adults going somewhere again and I I don't want to spend this entire review talking about the Ionic 5 because it's not supposed to be about that but as a comparison because we can do direct comparisons here the Ionic 5 was much more about the space in the back, including uh, the seating, so that it would be three people across the back as well. Mm-hmm. It's the different ethos and execution of the basic idea is flows all the way through both these cars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who listened to me talk about the Kia Drive Day and the Sportage and how excited I got about curry hooks on the back of the front seats. She did get very excited. It was quite worrying, actually. (laughs) The EV6 does not do that. However, they have not ignored that area. They (laughs) have USB charging points in them. And the backs have been sculpted in such a way that they have covered the rear of the seats to make it look a little bit like their concepty seats mm. that we know we never get because it's like, well, no, that that wouldn't last three trips before they mm-hmm. broke or whatever. <laughs> They're sort of almost like one piece sort of uh sort of the backs of sort of kind of high-end race car ones yeah. where it's it's a plastic shell on the back instead of say a carbon fiber shell or something like that yeah but they've got that look to them but then a separate headrest yeah that's molded as well very much mm. somebody on twitter made comments about these not very complimentary recently but i i thought they looked great but then again i've never sat in the back behind them 
on a journey. So I don't know whether anyone feels a claustrophobic. The kids never mentioned it. So they do look like they stick quite far back at the top. That's that's the one comment yeah. I could understand that. But then again, if there's enough other space, yeah. it all depends on the ratio between size of driver and size of passenger, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So talking to the driver up the front, and again, oh, I hate doing this, but we, but we are. Unlike the Ionic 5, again, you are not set in this separate space. You are very much part of the car. You are, There is a floating console between the driver and the passenger. So you are sitting down and in very much like more sports car type seating arrangement where you're in the car, you're sat in it rather than you're perched up in an armchair or something. Mm. Not quite to sort of Porsche Taycan levels. No. No, it's not, but, it's not but, quite that, but it is much more your Again, continuing the ethos of you're involved in this whole process. Hmm. It is not a detached thing for you. When you drive the EV6, you are very much in control of this whole thing yourself. And that's quite a trick with an EV. I'm, I'm, like I say, it's not, and as you pointed out, it's not sports car levels here, but you're involved much more than I have felt in other EVs I've driven. Hmm. I have to say. Um, this car actually had the premium relaxation seats fitted at the front. And again, to quote the marketing blurb, they are described as the following. Sit back in luxury when parked or charging. At just the touch of a button, the EV6's slimline seats will lift and recline, optimising posture and body pressure distribution while allowing you and your passengers to stretch out, read a book, or get some sleep. Did you try them? Oh, because I dropped the car because of the way my charging infrastructure is. I dropped the car and walked away <laughs> and came back many hours later. <laughs> not, not just a sort of copped out and hidden around the corner in the, in the car. <laughs> but I can see that being used if, say, I was a motorway rep. Hmm. I, could, I could definitely see myself using it there. Absolutely. So someone has thought, as all the manufacturers are appearing to do, particularly those who are throwing things in a touchscreen and saying look you can be entertained while you wait <laughs> just just pay for this subscription you'll be fine they are thinking about the realities of you will actually be sitting for some time mm -hmm. that depends though that, that can be quite short or quite long but you will be sitting for some time so we need to take that into account with the design of our car so that's good yeah. to see yeah, yeah, and even if it's just you walk into the wherever you get your coffee and you mm. come back, because some places that you know, I know that some. Well, I know that in the past some charges around around me, particularly during COVID, the the little cafe bits internally weren't really open, mm. or it was in the evening, and sitting in a petrol station is not very interesting. <laughs> so better to get your to get your coffee or your <laughs> beverage of choice and then uh, and then sit out in the car is is significantly more pleasant yes anyway what about driving then what what driving did you do you've already mentioned you did your local stuff and a, a trip to north wales yep and that's generally like i said i didn't consciously it's not like the first couple of times you get an ev i didn't consciously try and be and car driver, but I, I just it just was. I was just using it as a car, and I say just in inverted commas here because I'm not putting the car down or putting down how I used it in any way. I'm trying to emphasize how much it just fitted with what I 
expect a vehicle to do. Mm-hmm. So just quickly, diving into that, um, the North Wales mm-hmm. from yours, it's a few tens of miles, many tens of miles. Uh, it's, it's tens of miles yeah, each way. It's 80 to 90 miles each way. And it's not really famed for its, uh, for being overflowing with EV charge points. Infrastructure is a little sparse in areas, yes. That's yes, true. But that's true for just about any type of infrastructure you might want to talk about in North Wales, really, other than sheep. Yes. So <laughs> Rain and sheep, they can do that. Rain and sheep, yeah. <laughs> a bit of wind added in there for good measure, you're sorted. I've got to, because it's the obligatory, oh, I've taken an EV on the long journey, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then talk about the, how awful it was. How did that go? Well, I approached it by knowing I was going to go on the journey, so that which makes mm-hmm. it easier. Yes, it does. I'd fully charged it the day before. What happens is I have locally many options when it comes to seven and a half kilowatt charging points. Mm -hmm. And there is one I can use, or one set of them that I can use where I can leave the car basically all day for a couple of quid in the car park. So I I would do the, the school run in the morning, park up there, plug it in, walk away, walked back before the school run in the afternoon mm-hmm. and it was charged up. Right. That's how I approached it. So then when I, the, so then, because what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to get the family in the car and then go, yeah, we're going to have to stop for half an hour here just so we can get home. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I wanted just to just get in it and drive it. It was effectively as though I had a, a home charger. Mm-hmm. It was prepped as though oh. I had my own charger at home and so, so, so just was it get like, in and drive it. So was it like you do a nice car where you'd go, you'd fill it up with fuel the day before to make sure it was topped up, and yep. so that when you got in in the morning, you could just go? That was basically the thinking, it seemed. Yeah, I did not want to stop on the motorway and pay motorway prices for fuel. <laughs> no, <laughs> thinking. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world. It's that sort of, it's that sort of thing. So, so you're not Scottish. So I just, we, we just got in the car, we did the normal route that we do, we... It stayed at the place we were at for a little while and then we came home again and you wouldn't have known, apart from how quiet and nice it was, you wouldn't have known that it was an electric car. Okay. And me saying to everyone, look, look, look at it. This the thing, it does this now. Look at that. And they went, yes, dad, we know. <laughs> I'm breaking. Look at, look at the regen. <laughs> but no problems, no, 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 no panics. Nowhere near any... Uh, worry or remote worry about range or anything like that. No opportunities to be standing in a car park, pulling no. a face like you're badly constipated at a camera so that you can get that shot. No. And show how unhappy you are. No. No. Oh, what a letdown. How awful. I didn't need to try out the infrastructure on the route at all, thankfully, to then be either su- pleasantly surprised or very disappointed. <laughs> Mm, okay, it's the best way with the, the entire thing. Anyway, right, let's move on from that because I think everybody's probably bored of it. Um, and we've all heard everybody else in the world, or you've heard us complain about EV infrastructure as well. So you've had that one before. Tell us about the actual car rather than the infrastructure, Andrew. Okay, so performance-wise, it does 0-62 in 5.2 seconds, which is plenty quick enough for a car that is a hair's breadth away from being two-ton in weight. It is, I presume this is limited, it must be limited, limited to 114 Mm. mile an hour top speed, which again is irrelevant to us in the UK. And that's all thanks to 226 brake horsepower or 168 
kilowatts if you want electric speak. Gosh, that's reasonable horsepower numbers as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're driving the car, and it is very much you driving the car, even though there is driver assistance tech there. There's like the some the you know typical lane keeping assist, automatic emergency braking, all that. But you you very much feel you are doing all this, and I know I'm hammering this point home, but it is definitely how Kia have gone with this. They have gone with this is not an EV. This is not an internal combustion engine. This is not a hybrid. This is a car. Mm. You are going to do car things in your car. And that's how they've gone with it, which others have not always done because they've gone for the, oh, look what it's like off the line and things. Or we have gone for calm and relaxed environment. This is very much, you are the driver, you are doing the driver's things, and it is. it feels like a car, it drives like a car, it handles like a car, and that's so you don't think about the EV-ness of it at all, mm. really. Motorway, how does it drive? Quiet. Like a car. Yeah. yeah, it's quiet, it's relaxed. Obviously, with an electric vehicle, you do have that instant response mm. if you need to just a quick accelerate around somebody or just to pull into moving you know, into the outside lane to get in with up to speed with everybody there to get around stuff but you you just it is quite um, why well, I, I say that you're doing the drive and everything it still is a relaxing place to be because it is quiet there's limited wind noise the road noise is kept well dampened as well mm-hmm. and it's really comfortable <laughs> how did it cope on b roads and stuff across north wales was it especially with those that 19 inch wheel package did it uh, did it sort of add quite a lot of how was the ride was it harsh was it was it relatively smooth it's- no it's good there's there was quite a bit of tire wall on those 19 inches as well okay, so it's still it, big wheels yeah a roads, it's it loves a nice flowing A road. Um, okay. Absolutely, that's no problem at all. The B roads, it's fine. Occasionally, you do go, oh, this is quite a big car, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's the same as you know if you're in a a larger car anyway. That's that's all mm-hmm. I'd say. It's not all about going round corners on door handles, even though you can move along and hustle quite nicely if you need to. It is more GT driving, I would suggest. Okay. Uh, and that's how I felt it was at its happiest. Mm-hmm. I guess the names of the the giveaways in the spec, really, isn't it? If it's the GT line. Yeah, but often what something is called and what it actually does is not always. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us neatly onto technology. <laughs> yes. And driver right. assistance tech. Yes. Yeah. So what, what's what's it got then? Okay, so this has got a smart cruise control, which was the same one as you had fitted on the Genesis you tried not so long ago. Because it's from, again, it's from the same company. So they are using good bits of tech in their models. (laughs) Mm. They are cross-pollinating. Lane keeping assist, lane follow assist, rear cross traffic and forward collision avoidance systems, the blind spot collision avoidance as well. Uh, which was useful because you are down in it. You know, it's not this huge greenhouse on wheels that you're perched mm. in. It is much more sportiness from the sort of windows yeah. and the looks. Capsule. Yeah. Um, navigation-based smart cruise control, front and rear parking sensors, reversing camera, which you do actually need. 
because the corners are not visible. They they drop off, and then out the back, obviously, you as is the fashion these days, the rear windows are not the most expansive, shall we say, <laughs> to see yeah. things. It's, it's, so it's, it's just it's, it's just it's that a extra slot. help. Yeah. yeah, it's just that extra help and comfort that mm. you you've got that security knowing. Okay, that's great. I know where I am now. Anything else we should know about? Well, yeah, with the GT line and above, uh, you get the vehicle-to-device ability as long as you've got the right cable. So you can plug in, as it shows on Kia's own website, uh, in a, an e-bike if you need to charge up your e-bike to do your e-biking duties or stuff like that. But we've seen them Fridge being freezer. deployed. Yeah, we've seen them being deployed, that's what I was going to say, uh, when it comes to... I was going to say natural disasters, but it's not quite that. But say if there's power cuts and things mm. like that, people have run their houses from them or certain aspects of their houses. So, it, I, yes, it's it's great to have as a backup. I can't think of a reason why I'd need to use it, but to have the security there that I could. Uh, could run a nice. power tool. Yes. Could okay. join all my other neighbours on a Sunday afternoon. Making lots of noise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that, parking your car out the front, running your strimmer off it? No, a leaf blower. Work right charging wise, though, because I haven't talked about this yet. You can get from ten to eighty percent on a fifty kilowatt charger in about an hour and a quarter. It's not bad. No, given the size of the pack, that's that's not bad. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but if you manage to find a working three hundred and fifty kilowatt one, ten to eighty percent is in about eighteen minutes. Barely time to go for a wee. It's a wee and a coffee and your back's sitting down and you don't have a chance to lie back and read a book or sleep. Recline your seats or anything like that. <laughs> it's a very different, sorry, it is very difficult to get in and out of a, a service station in much under about 15 to 18 minutes unless you're really on a mission. Yeah. and Unless it really is just a comfort Splash break. and dash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, yeah, let's, let's right. Let's uh, drag this back up into being reasonable with uh, with, <laughs> with with some sort of verdict. I mean, you even at the time you had it, you were sort of waxing lyrical, probably waxing a bit more lyrical than you have done as we've been recording this. To be frank, my abiding memory of this car is it was a car. It was like I said before, it, it's not an EV. It is not defined by the powertrain at all. Mm. And it was very much a step up in the what Kia is aiming for, right? Like we said, with the price, and but the EVness gives them the opportunity to go into markets they wouldn't have been able to get into with a diesel or a petrol mm-hmm. because there's the established people. That isn't the case with EVs because they've got in there relatively early compared to others. Mm-hmm. So they've got this chance to set a new benchmark, and I think they've done it pretty well. I was just so relaxed in using it that helped that my local infrastructure was working absolutely flawlessly this time, mm-hmm. and I got into a routine with it when I needed to charge and stuff because it it didn't use that much over a week. It was only when I needed to do things like right, I need to have it charged up to go to North Wales and back. I need to have it charged up because I can't let the poor chap who's collecting it <laughs> go 10 miles and then have to find a charger. That's yeah. really not on. 
But the, the usual sort of caveat falls in here, which is if you had a driveway and a home charger, you would oh. never have had to think about any of that, would you? Absolutely. If you've been that lucky for position, you know? Yeah. If, if you've got that uh, ability, then it just makes owning an EV so much easier, which is what sometimes I think some EV owners forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what I think sometimes the people who are anti-EV forget. Yes. Yeah. Or um, don't want to know. It's the other yeah. one. No. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. did everything I needed it to do when I needed it to do it. Okay. Okay. So overall, pretty positive. Yes. Yeah. I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Like I've said, it is different from the Ionic 5, which everyone knows I really liked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the looks. Uh, I love the interior as well, especially with little things like the back of the seats. I just, I, I like the fact that they've played with that. Whether people agree with the execution or not, I don't, neither here nor there, because that's personal taste. But mm-hmm. I like the fact they have tried to do something there mm-hmm. as well. Even then, stuff like the USB ports in the back of the seat as opposed to yeah. somewhere around your ankles, you know? Yeah, we're easy to get boot, you know, get booted and break off in a socket in the, mm-hmm. in the plug and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it's really good. And what I've said over and over again, it's just so easy to use. I just mm-hmm. used it as a car. Which is about as high a praise as you can give to any car, really, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, folks, on that... I was going to say on that bombshell, but that's just too cheesy. On that note, don't forget that between now and the next time you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts to the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crap Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, similarly, it's best to use Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back before very long. Until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>